It sure is, and welcome to uh, to Sunday afternoon. Good to have you along. John Scholes here, Lior Samfiru from employmentlawyer.ca. You can always uh, reach out right now if you've been storing up some questions over the course of this hour about your job situation, your employment rights. This is a show to uh, to get them on air and get some quick answers right off the hop. Even before you send that email, call us 416-872-1010. You'd rather text your questions uh, to the radio station now, you can 71010. But again, 416-872-1010 to get on air with us. We'd love to have you join the party. And our main topic today is going to be all these things can be constructive dismissal. First, we're going to break down what that means, and then we'll get into our talking points in just a bit. Your phone calls so much more, but Lior, we always start off with the other week that was our case of the day, pal. What's cooking on your end? Hey, Johnny. Great, of course, to be here. Love uh, talking employment law with all our good listeners. So if you're now wondering about something that happened last week at work and What's going to mean for this week to come? Well, call us right now. Let's talk about that. Let's make sure that you know what to do. Maybe you've always wondered. Maybe you have a bet going with your uh, best friend about some legal issue, and he says it's X, and you're saying it's Y. Well, let me settle that bet for you. Call us right now, and I'll tell you what the truth really is, whether it's a wrongful dismissal question, a constructive dismissal question. Maybe it's a question about uh, your uh, harassment, discrimination, being bullied in the workplace. You name it. If it touches on workplace law this is the show this is the time right now to call with those questions and get those problems solved and beyond the show of course as we know if you want to connect with me and my team big team great lawyers easy to do we'll give you that contact information throughout the show so that you can make that call but to start off a couple situations that came across my desk spoke with the very nice lady nicest lady uh and she had been working with the same employer for 10 years. She was called into a meeting and the company said, listen, we've been uh, uh, tracking some stuff that you did. We don't agree with it. We think that there's a uh, a loss of trust here. So we're going to give you two options. Option number one is you can resign. Give us a letter of resignation and off you go. Option number two, we're going to let you go. We're going to pay you 18 weeks of severance. And that's it. We'll we'll put on your record of employment, you were fired and, and that's that. So tell us what you need to do you want to do and you have to tell us by tomorrow so of course she calls me and she wants to know what to do she's scared she's actually very very emotional she's crying uh you know what, what what does this all mean so let's break this down a bit uh first of all a company doesn't get to tell you that you have you, you resign by definition you can only resign if you want to do it voluntarily now clearly if this company really felt that she did something so bad that that they can just fire her. Uh, they wouldn't be offering her any severance. They would simply say, you're gone. We can't even conceive of keeping you here. Clearly, that's not the case. So there's the third option here. And the third option is exactly what I told her to do. And then it's this. Tell her, I'm not resigning. I'm going to stay working until you let me go. And I expect my my proper severance if you let me go. And for her, that proper severance is 12 months, 12 months of severance, not 18 weeks, which is nonsense, 12 months. So I'm now going to help her get that severance. But I've seen these types of ultimatums too often, or you resign or or we're going to fire you. Let's be clear. It's not better to resign. Okay, it's not. The company may try to suggest to you that you're better off resigning. Nonsense. Of course, you're not better off resigning. The only thing that happens if you resign is, number one, you don't get severance. Number two, you don't get EI because you resign. You don't get EI if you resign. Uh, and, And beyond that, you get nothing. So if the company wants you to be gone, okay, they can let you go pay you severance 
and you will qualify for EI unless you did something awful. The company doesn't fill out the record of employment properly. We can get you a proper one. Not an issue. So don't be scared of this idea of uh, resigning and that somehow it's better than being let go. It's not. For her 12-month severance, she'll get it. If you're putting that ultimatum, you know what to do. At least you got to give me a call, though. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I, I bet you a lot of these employers who try to pull this one say, you know what, it's going to look better. It's going to look better if you resign on your permanent record than if I fire you. So you're better off just handing in your resignation. So I'm doing you a favor. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I get people saying, well, if I look for a job, is my new prospective employer going to know all these things? No, they're not. Uh, most people, when they look for jobs, it's because they – lost their previous job. There could be 101 reasons for that. There's no uh, database. There's no spreadsheet. There's no vault where, you know, records are kept as to what happened. No. And if your company says that you did something that you didn't, we can get that fixed. Now, here's the thing, John. Not only am I going to get this lady uh, severance, I'm also going to get her a reference letter. Now, the reference letter is going to say she worked really hard for us for, for 10 years. We value her. Wish her all the best. Because that's exactly what happened here. So don't be worried about this nonsense that you have to resign, that it's better off. It's not. Don't do that. Again, guys, anytime you reach out, as Lior said, uh, when we're not doing the show, you can do that. It's available to you, one 821 5900 And the email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca, help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can uh, you can use that. But here now, 416-872-1010, 416-872-1010. So, uh, Lior, we're going to either move on to our main topic, or if you got something else this week you want to discuss, it's up to you, pal. You make the call. What do you think? Yeah, uh, let me talk about another situation sure. that came across my desk. I spoke with uh, another lady again another lovely person and she found herself to be in a in a bit of a pickle what happened with her is she her, her direct boss mistreated her really treated her badly uh, and it's by the way unlike in most cases it's all in writing emails calling her uh names and and just just really putting her down completely and utterly and totally unprofessional she did exactly what I would have told her to do, even before she spoke to me. She went to the owner of the company. She forwarded those emails. Please do something about it. Radio silence. Nothing. No response. No acknowledgement. Not we'll see. Nothing. Uh, it's almost like the emails didn't go through, which, of course, doesn't happen with emails. So eventually, she, she calls me and she says, well, what do I do here? Uh, I, I just want to leave, but I don't want to do that before I talk to you. So, John. This harassment is unacceptable. It's the company's obligation to do something, to fix it. And by not doing that, they terminated her employment, constructive dismissal. We'll talk about that a bit more later. Uh, and, and the fact that she has all that proof is exactly what she wants. Now, her employer may then try to come up with an excuse. We didn't realize it was bad enough. We didn't realize it was that the big a deal. doesn't matter. If an employer becomes aware of harassment, they have to investigate. They have to take it seriously. They cannot ignore it. They cannot hope that it goes away on its own. And an employer that doesn't do that, there's a violation of potentially of three statutes or more, uh, wrong, illegal. And yeah, in this case, for sure, that employer is going to end up having to pay. Again, always reach out to Lior with uh, your matter. Give us a call here on air during this hour on a Sunday. Love talk idea 416 872 
Ten ten. Before we round up, a couple phone calls here. Just getting them, uh, getting them laid out. Leo, let's get into our main topic. All these things can be, as you just mentioned, constructive dismissal. Maybe start off with the definition of what that means, because a lot of people are still confused between that and wrongful dismissal, right? That's right. So we're going to talk about some things or examples of things that are constructive dismissal that you may not have thought of. So let's start the difference between a regular dismissal and a constructive dismissal. A regular dismissal, you know what it is. Company makes the decision that you're not going to work for them anymore. They're, gonna ma- they're making the decision to let you go. That is a dismissal. Constructive dismissal, it's very different. The company's not deciding that. You're deciding that because of something that they did to you or the way they treated you, that that is now a termination and now they have to pay you severance. So wrongful dismissal or regular dismissal, company lets you go. Constructive dismissal, they don't. They're not even thinking about letting you go. You're making the decision. And we're going to talk about times when that can happen. Sam uh, in Toronto. Sam, uh, you're our yeah, first Sam. caller today, right? Sorry there, Sam. Yeah. I just I cut out there for a sec. Go ahead, pal. That's you're with okay. us. Thank Yemen. you. Hi. I uh, just wanted to uh, pose a, a scenario. I uh, the, the warehouse that I'm working at is closing down. Um they had said the choices would be to relocate to a new warehouse or to take severance. I chose the severance. They haven't told me what the severance is. There's a lot of speculation, but no one's actually told me what the severance is. I've emailed them to ask them what the severance was. They no reply. Um, They just said to me, your employment will end at the end of the month, and we'll send you the severance in October, sometime three, four business weeks They'll send you the severance. So no one's actually told me what it was. Um, they were telling me that, or in what we signed, it's with, can I say the name of the uh, of the company? No need. No names. Okay. So yeah. as I, as I um, when we signed, they said we're, the contract that I signed, and someone read it, a lawyer, a friend, of the, said it's um, an at-will contract. I don't know what that means. So they said they can give us whatever way they want. Mm-hmm. We can't really challenge anything. So my question is, uh, well, actually, they, let me uh, continue. They, they, the warehouse is closing at the end of the month. But as of the end of August, they said, everybody stay home. We're just going to pay you for the month. So I don't know. Can I challenge it? So let me, let, let me break this down for you, Sam. There is no okay. such thing as at-will employment in Canada. If you sign something saying at-will employment, unfortunately, some poor trees died, uh, but there's not, the, <laughs> it's not worth the, 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 the weight of that paper. Uh, okay. Trees died for no reason. It's meaningless. It's useless. Nothing. So let me tell you how much severance you're owed. How long have you worked there for? Uh, it was coming up to two years. November would have been two years. And what kind of a job, Sam, and how old are you? Uh, I'm 60, and yep. the job was it was in a uh, distribution warehouse, so just moving packages around. So you're looking at right around four months of severance. Four well, months. I, I checked your severance pay you calculator dot com, and that's exactly man. what what it was. So then the good news is, Sam, it's not up to them. The law takes care of that. So whether they want to pay you something else or, or not, irrelevant. As soon as you're let go, as soon as you have that paper, you call me. If it's not four months, we'll get you four months. It's not even going to be complicated, Sam. Okay, so would would the question I guess would have would I have is would it be counting from August and they said stay home, we'll pay you the month, or is it from right, right. when my employment officially ends, which is the end the end of September? 
So it, it it starts from when you were told that your employment comes to an end. So if they if from that point on they give you two weeks notice, whatever it is, that two weeks counts towards your severance. It started when you found out you're going to be out of a job. Sam, we got to let you go, pal. We got to get into a break, but I'm going to give you the number to carry forth, as I know you will now. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Sam and help at uh, employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue with more of your phone calls. Four one six eight seven two ten ten. As we continue with the employment law show, stand by. Phone calls, of course, 416-872-1010 is how you uh, get on air with us. Help at employmentlawyer.ca if you want to send along an email. But the phone calls are always uh, the priority before we get back into the constructive dismissal conversation. Tony Kitchener, what's going on, Tony? Well, I'm attorney. I turned 71, so as of the end of uh, December 31st, I can no longer contribute to RSP. Right now, the company puts in 5%. I put in 5%. So what I've asked them, because I can no longer contribute it, it's not my fault that I can't, if the government mandated, I've asked them to give me a, if they would give me a 5% increase, because basically come January 1st, I'm taking a 5% decrease. And they've said yes. no. Is that so- legal? So, so here, here's the answer to that. So ultimately the RSP contribution arguably is only there while you're able to, to accept it. So until December 31st of the year, you turn 71. So so it's kind of implied that because of that, they don't have to continue paying it once that's not even an option. But even if we put that aside, generally speaking, a company can get away with a, a few points in terms of a, of a pay cut. They can't do a 15% pay cut, but they could usually get away with a 5% before it becomes illegal. So on both fronts, Tony, unfortunately, there's not going to be much that can be done from a legal standpoint uh, in this situation. They're able to do it, and, and there's not going to be recourse, unfortunately. Okay, well, thank you. That's your question I had. Thank you so much. I appreciate your help. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Tony. Thank appreciate you. uh appreciate you calling into the show as well. Yeah, seventy one's the uh, December thirty first, you know, is the last time you can contribute R S R S P like you said once you turn seventy one. So that would be the answer to uh to that sucker, Lior. Good call. Again, lots of time for you to join us here on air, just like Tony did. Four one six eight seven two ten ten or text seven ten ten with your questions. Okay, back to our uh, discussion. Constructive dismissal. All these things can be exactly that. Uh, first one is changes to your pay, job description, hours of work. We kind of touched on that a bit with Tony. What do you think, pal? Yeah, so that's probably the most common type or common situation that arises in a constructive dismissal, and that is when your employer changes the terms of your employment in a significant way. So they demoted you, uh, or they changed your hours of work, your shifts. Uh, Maybe they gave you a pay cut, usually kind of 10 plus percent is where we get into constructive dismissal. All those things are things that your employer is not allowed to do. Your employer can't just take you and put you on an evening shift when you're working day shifts. Uh, so if that happens, if you're facing a significant change in terms of employment, you have the choice, as I was saying earlier, to consider that to be a termination of your employment. Again, we call that constructive dismissal. And even though the company is not letting you go, they're not saying we're letting you go, we're firing you. They're simply saying we've made some changes. You're deciding that because of those changes, that is a termination. Now they have to pay you a severance. Of course, it's important to remember that it's not every single change that the company implements results in a constructive dismissal. If you were working nine to five, and now they've made it uh, 8.30 to 4.30, 
that may not be something you like for sure, but they can get away with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a big change, but if you were working nine to five and now it's 12 to eight, well, no, not so fast. That is a big change. It really changes your day completely. That could easily be a constructive dismissal. So if you're not sure if what your employer is doing is a constructive dismissal, call me and call me quickly. You have to act on this very quickly. If you're continuing to work, you may be considered to have accepted what your employer did, and then it may be too late. And as far as job location, you were saying, or you've always said, it's not so much the mileage, it's the time involved, right? Exactly. So, you know, relocation, we were talking with our previous caller earlier, but an employer relocating. So, a relocation can absolutely be a constructive dismissal, but the question is not how far they've moved, it's how this is going to impact you. Yeah. Your employer may have moved really far, but that could actually work in your favor. Maybe it's closer to your home now, so it's not a big deal. So the question is, is this going to be more than an extra hour's commute? If it is more than an extra hour's commute over and above what you were doing before, that could absolutely be a constructive dismissal at that point. So it's not about the number of kilometers. It's not about the distance. And it's not about how it impacts your colleagues. It's about how it impacts you. And again, that one hour is the threshold that I like to use. If it's more than that, we're absolutely talking constructive dismissal. And again, we're talking lots of time here to still call us live on air and join the show, 416-872-1010 to make that happen. Uh, We're talking about constructive dismissal, things that can be a temporary layoff. This one uh, loomed large over the last couple of years, what we always say with the uh, pandemic, Lior, but that's still uh, still in play, yeah? It's in play now, and it's been in play for for a long time. And that uh, the idea that if you're put on a temporary layoff, that is a constructive dismissal for most employees. In most cases, the company does not have a right to put you on a temporary layoff. If they do, they can choose to treat that as a termination. Uh, and if uh, if you're choosing, choosing to treat that as a termination, you can get severance. In most cases, that's the case. Now, the company's not letting you go. Mm-hmm. They're saying, no, no, we're just going to put you off work for a while and maybe business is slow. We hope to call you back in a few months. You can make the decision because it's a significant change in terms of employment to consider that to be a constructive dismissal. Now, think about it this way. What is a uh, temporary layoff? It's a 100% pay reduction. Right. So mm-hmm. obviously, if your employer reduces your pay by 100% from your salary to, to zero, that's not something they're allowed to do. So if your employer puts you on that, boy, that's because... It's of the pandemic, but maybe because business is slower, maybe it's because they're restructuring. You may have the ability to consider that to be a constructive dismissal, and you should give me a call right away. If you do it and you decide to say, yeah, and be a team player, does that change your outlook? Well, if you're accepting, if you accept this a temporary layoff and say, well, you know, I, I, I know my company is struggling a bit, so I'm going to wait at home and they'll call me back. Uh, if they call you back, the problem with that, and you go back to work, is you've now given them the right to do it again. So I've said that company doesn't have a right to put you on a temporary layoff, but they gain that right if you accept it. So by accepting it, by staying at home and going back to work, now you may be in a situation where every time they want to put you on a temporary layoff, they're able to do it and you can't do anything about it. That is a very, very bad situation to be in. You don't want to be working for a few months and off for a few months and back and forth. That's no way to work, right? So be very, very careful, especially with a temporary layoff. If you're put on one, in many cases, it may be best to say, that's it. 
This relationship, uh, relationship now with my employer is broken beyond repair. I'm not accepting it. This is a termination, and I'm moving on with my full severance. Next one in this uh, can work as a constructive dismissal. That would be being harassed or bullied at work for sure. Absolutely. Talked about that right at the beginning of the show. If your employer mistreats you or allows you to be mistreated and doesn't fix that problem, they're breaching the term of employment. There's an implied term of employment with everyone that your employer is going to treat you with respect. They're going to protect you from being harassed, that they're not going to allow the work environment to become poisoned. So if you're a victim of harassment, one of the rights that you may have is to treat that situation as a constructive dismissal. It's as if you were let go. Now you have to get paid your severance. So you're not just resigning. You can leave with compensation if that happens. Of course, as I was saying in the beginning of the show, you always want to have a way to to show and prove that harassment. Is there something in writing? Is there a recording? Is there an email confirming what actually happened that you sent to someone? If you have that ability to prove it, constructive dismissal happens as a result of workplace harassment. Lots of open lines as we get into a break here and uh, refuel to go over the uh, bottom half of the show. Feel free to call in and talk to us, 416-872-1010, 416-872-1010. If you prefer the text route, we can uh, we can do that as well. That is 71010 to reach out by text. We can read those. And, of course, email always works. Ask it or uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, we'll continue. Lots more of the Employment Law Show is coming right up here in just a minute or two. Stand by. All righty, we're back. Thanks for hanging in, John Scholes, Lior, Sam Firu, of course, reaching out, 416-872-1010 to get us on air here. And we'll get to some text here in just a bit. That is 71010. But beyond the hour of the show, always reach out to Lior. You're uh, asked to do so, and inquiring uh, minds want to know different things about this particular uh, topic. You want to do it privately? That phone call comes into play, 1-855-821-5900. And the website, Pocket Employment Lawyer. .ca is just as good as well. I want to get to Henry. Hi, Henry. Thanks for hanging on for a moment. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good, sir. What's on your mind? Well, um, I just uh, recently retired, and I was able to secure a, uh, um, I guess, a part-time job, you know, two days a week uh, mm-hmm. in, in a dealership, where a car dealership, where where I was uh, doing, you know, I guess for, uh, we, were, we were shuttle drivers. We would uh, yep. drive customers uh uh, home uh, or and back to the dealership while their car was being repaired. Um, recent change in in manager. Uh, we went from that shuttle driving, which was a, a you know a considerable portion of our day, to to that it was being it's been farmed out to um, to Uber. Okay, um, as well as some you know some of the tagging that we would tag the cars you know with a with a, a physical kind of you know tag I guess and it would it would also but now that's gonna you know eventually be part of the the work order that's uh, being written up by the advisor and so um, two days a week they would they would like me to be uh, you know. Uh, uh, increase my hours i'm not really interested two days is plenty but i was just curious you know the best part of the job has been taken away and i'm probably not going to stay um just curious to know whether or not uh, there's there's any grounds there for uh, um you know constructive dismissal but henry you haven't told me what they're going to have you do uh they, basically when the when the cars come in we greet them you know make sure they have an appointment that kind of thing uh we you know put a car mat down put a bag over the seat um that kind of thing uh that was always part of the job um but uh, the, the and then you know if the customer needed a lift home we would give them a ride and and then later on in the day once the car was finished we would bring them back 
So just just curious to know, um, um, just curious to know what um, uh, you know whether or not there's there are any grounds there. So if the bulk of your job was the driving, kind of the, the doing the shuttle work back and forth, and now you're not going to be doing that anymore, yeah, that's that's a constructive dismissal. You were essentially hired to do a particular job, and now that job is not available anymore. So yeah, you could potentially treat that as a constructive dismissal. Now, how long have you been doing this for, Henry? Well, I, uh, since about uh, uh, well, 2020, I was hired, and uh, I mean, I was uh, didn't really start until about a year and a half ago because of the pandemic. Right. So, yeah, you probably would be looking at a couple of months' pay, uh, you know, something something in that order, based on your your average earnings over the year and a half. So, yeah, you, what you're describing is a constructive dismissal, and and feel free to call us in the office so we can talk about how we uh, we pursue that. Okay, sounds good. I mean, it wasn't. I wouldn't. It depended on the day. You you mentioned the word bulk. I mean, it it it, it kind of varied, went up and down. But there were some days when we were be out in the morning and and a large part of the afternoon as well, bringing customers back. So, um, okay, just 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 fair enough. I I mean, you know, you mentioned a couple of months. Okay, uh, I, I just kind of looking for a baseline of sorts. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Well, I think gremlins are playing with uh, John's. No, we're here. Uh, oh, you can't oh, hear me. Still here. Oh, there oh, you yeah. go. I'm talking to myself. What's wrong with me? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Henry, you know that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. They're coming fast and furious now. Dave, you're up next, pal. What's going on with you? I just wanted to know. Uh, thanks, guys, for first listening uh, to me. Uh, my wife retired just before the COVID started there, and uh, she was given a fifteen thousand dollar. Uh, thank you, I guess, package at the end of her, the last day. Although I guess the government took a couple, couple grand from that. So, but I'm just wondering if, she, if, if she's, uh, uh, the severance pay, is she, uh, qualified for that? Mm. So, so Dave, she, uh, retired voluntarily. She decided to retire. Is that right? Well, at 60 foot, well, she was actually 60, yeah, 65, 66 at that time. But, uh, yeah, she decided uh, she wanted to retire. Uh, sure. Most people so, but anyway. No, for sure, for sure. So, so Dave, severance is not paid if someone leaves uh, their own decision. Severance is paid if the company does something to an employee or, or if the company lets the person go. So obviously your wife, after many years, she, she made the decision that she's had enough and she wants to retire. Absolutely. But in that case, her employer doesn't actually have to pay her anything. So that $15,000 more was just kind of a, a thank you gift. It wasn't really a legally required payment. So no, there will be nothing else that, that's owed to her in this situation. Situation, Dave. Yeah, for 47 years at the same job. They didn't have a pension or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, anyway, so, so nothing would be owed. Yeah, okay then. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate that. And uh, good on your wife. 49-year career. That's a, that's a hell of a long run for sure. 416-872-1010 is how you're making that phone call right now. Trevor, you're up next. Good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Thank you. I was, I was with the company for 23 years. Uh, they sold their division four years ago. I had to go with the, with the sale of the, of the division. Um, I was let go... Uh, from that from that company that bought the division as they were um, 
not uh, in, uh, staying in production. And the company that I was originally with called me back. And they asked if I was if I wanted to come back to work. I said sure, of course. And I'm just wondering now, uh, would they have to honor? I was never stopped um, by the company that bought the division. And now going back to the original company, would they also uh, would be required to pay me uh, the 22 years of severance? So, so the answer is yes, uh, they would because they they didn't really treat you like a new employee. They knew who you were because you had all these years with them and that's why they asked you to come back. They have to pay that, that severance based on the four years. Now, one of the things you, I would want to see is that when you came back, if you signed an employment agreement, they try to exclude that. to say, just so that you know, we're not going to recognize any past service. In that case, you may not be owed your full severance. But unless you sign something like that, then yes, severance has to be paid based on all the years, including the 23 years. The, the only thing that was on my uh, my contract was we are going to recognize uh, previous years of service for vacation purposes only. Perfect. No, yeah. but that, the fact that they recognize that for that, that, yeah. that actually helps. So, yes, if you're at some point are let go, Trevor, they're going to have to pay you severance based on your full years of service, which would mean potentially two years worth of severance. So if you're let go and you don't get that, you got to call me right away. I have a feeling that's coming up soon, so I think I'll be talking to you very shortly. Okay, Beautiful. thank you. No, nicely done, Trevor. Way to go. And again, uh, 1-855-821-5900. But here and now, just like Trevor and the previous callers, 416-872-1010. Hey, Joe, you're up next. Thanks for waiting, pal. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, quick Beauty. question. Sure. I just wanted to know, um, I'm an outside salesman for a wholesale company, uh, sells, uh, sells plumbing. And uh, my question was, uh, during the uh, COVID, they, uh, we weren't allowed to go see our customers, obviously, due to the pandemic. And they had removed our car allowance, which originally was supposed to be temporary. But it's, we're going into four years now, and they never gave it back to us. Uh, with that said, they've also, years ago, they also capped us at 98 cents uh, uh, car allowance uh, for gas a liter, and now we're at $1.50. So I just want to know what my recourse is. It just seems like it's becoming hard to do my job when I'm using my own car for wear and tear. I got no car allowance. They capped us at 98 cents. They never reviewed like they promised they would. And I just want to know what my recourse is. How much was the car allowance that they stopped paying, Joe? It was 500 a month. So, uh, you know, in this type of a situation, it's essentially you're taking a $500 a month pay cut, not something that, that you would like and not something that's right, but it's it still falls within the range that they can get away with. Uh, you know, it, it's the type of pay cut that not a good thing, but, but could probably still get away with in most cases. Uh, and, and because of that, there's not going to be a lot that you can do. And there's another issue here is that presumably you've been back to work now for a while and kind of visiting customers. So even if they weren't allowed to make that that pay cut, by now you'd be considered to have accepted it. So there's not going to be much that can be done even as a practical matter, Joe, uh, now that you know it's been going on for a while. So uh, unfortunately, it's not good news. Thank you.
Thanks, Joe. Appreciate the call. If anything else arises, you know uh, you know where to come. Call that number outside the hour of the show. Of course, that number, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll take a short break. And some texts that have come through, but you still got time to call us, actually, if you want to get on air with us, too. 416-872-1010. And the text number is 71010. That's where we're going after the break as we continue more of the Employment Law Show. Hang on. Reaching out to Lior at Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP is simple, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca or pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We did mention Lior, we want to get to a, a few texts they've been coming in as well. The number, by the way, anytime, 71010. says, hey guys, I'm a luxury car salesman, been with the company shy of about 10 years. My commission rate was 30% of the gross profit on each sale, and my employer reduced it to 20%. Wrote them back saying, I disagree with it, don't like the new terms, and I want to speak to someone. I uh, said, nope, you just got to accept the way it is, aren't prepared to do anything. Started August 22nd, and the changes were effective as of June 1st, 2023. What are my options, if any? Thank you. So, you know, this is clearly a constructive dismissal. I mean, obviously, I don't know the dollar figures that have been impacted, but I would expect that, you know, 20% and 30, uh, 30% of gross, gross margin will be a significant reduction in terms of overall compensation. But uh, the concern here is if this has been going on for a while, you may be considered by now to have accepted this new reality and this pay cut. So what I would want to do is connect with you as soon as possible, because you may still have a window of time, a short window of time to consider this to be a constructive dismissal. Now you cannot force the company to change their mind. You cannot force the company to go back on what they've done, but you may be able to get your full severance, but we need to connect on this as soon as possible. Next text says this, Leor, well, guys, what if a position is being created between your current position and your boss, essentially adding a level above you in the work hierarchy, and you can't get that job, so it kind of feels like a demotion. You know, it, it comes down to whether others would see this as being embarrassing somehow, hmm. it, it, and it's hard for me to say without knowing more about the workplace and the job and you know the hierarchy otherwise. Generally, anything that happens that would objectively be embarrassing to you could be a constructive dismissal. This is not a a flat out demotion. A demotion is when you're giving a lesser position, but I could be convinced that in the context of this particular workplace, this could be a demotion. And if it is, and, and now it's a situation where someone, everyone's thinking that you must have done something wrong. Yeah, that could be a constructive dismissal. So the key here also is not to wait on this because by, by waiting, you may be considered to have accepted what your employer is doing. It's probably time to act on it now and give me a call. Again, we're getting to a bunch of texts that have come uh, through uh, over the hour. Appreciate it, by the way. 71010 is that number. You, Lior, can a unionized employee also use constructive dismissal? Uh, no. So constructive okay. dismissal does not exist in a unionized setting. Constructive dismissal is a term that only applies in a non-union setting. Now, in a unionized setting, there may be breaches of the collective agreement that if your employer does something they're not allowed to do, the union is the only one that can advise you if what your employer is doing is legal or not. And if it's not legal, the union is the only one that can do something about it. But there's no such thing as constructive dismissal for a unionized employee. Next one here on the text, Lior, if my employer pays an hourly rate paid monthly and have me sign a letter that says, quote, this includes all vacation slash holiday pay, end quote, does this mean he doesn't have to pay me vacation pay in addition to that hourly rate? 
No, it does not mean that. There still has to be vacation pay owing. So on top of that, they don't get to just say, hey, it's all inclusive that way. So this is the type of situation you can contact the Ministry of Labor about, uh, and they can uh, sort it out and tell your employer that that's not something that they're allowed to do. I want to get to one more here. It's a lengthy one, so, uh, so strap in, my friends. It's good afternoon, guys. I have a question about constructive dismissal. My wife is working for a company, and she's in her 27th year, 20 years to, uh, departmental-wise, non-union environment. She believes that this company is about to announce changes within her department in the form of reduced hours, reduced pay, job reassignments, revised hours, and a possible buyout at a significant lower amount. Does this constitute constructive dismissal? And if so, how, uh, how many years of severance is she entitled to? Also, if the company does make these changes, should she notify her supervisor, supervisors by email that she's not in agreement with the options presented to her? Wow. So obviously, there's a few things here to unpack. If she's going to be uh, told that there's going to be significant changes, and like she gave some re- examples, reduced hours, reduced pay. Of course, that could be a constructive dismissal, but I would want to know what those changes actually are. So if the hours are reduced from 40 hours a month to 39 and a half uh, a week, for example, then that's not a constructive dismissal. If the pay is reduced from 60,000 to 59,500, again, that's not a constructive dismissal. So it's a question of what the changes are. Now, assuming the changes are uh, significant enough to be constructive, constructive dismissal, then after all these years, she probably is looking at two years severance. I think she says she's been there for 27 years. Yeah, two years severance, 24 months is what she'd be owed. Now, if those changes are announced, she can certainly tell her employer, I'm not in agreement. Maybe her employer backs off. Probably not. If they're going to do that across the board, they're probably going to say too bad. We're doing it anyway. So if that's what her employer is going to do, she's going to have two options. She either accepts the changes and continues working, or she treats that as a constructive dismissal, and we get her that two years severance. If she decides she wants to go the constructive dismissal route before she walks off the job, before she tells her employer, that's it, I'm gone, she has to call me because we have to do this right. But certainly this could be a constructive dismissal. That last text dovetails nicely into our topic that we started at the beginning of the show, and that is all these things can be constructed dismissal, including this being totally or to do something illegal. Wow. Absolutely. So your employer cannot require you, tell you, threaten you, push mm-hmm. you to do something that's illegal, that's unethical, you know, fudging numbers, lying to customers, uh, any, you know, lying to the government on behalf of the employer. All those things are things that are completely inappropriate and no employer should ever, ever, ever tell you to do that. And just by doing that, uh, that could be so fundamental to the employment relationship that it could result in a constructive dismissal. Again, the company is not saying we're letting you go. In fact, they want you to stay because they want you to do their, their kind of dirty work for them. But can't do that, shouldn't do that. Don't ever do things that are illegal, things that are, are going to hurt others. And if you're being put, or if your employer is putting pressure on you to do those things, it may be time to say, no, enough is enough. By doing that, by putting that pressure on me, constructive dismissal, I'm going to leave with my full severance. So definitely an option that you're going to have. Let me get to one more of these, a good one too. How about being told to come into the office, even though you were hired to work remotely? This again, came up a lot during uh, the pandemic. Absolutely. If you're hired to work remotely, if you're expecting to work remotely, to be told to come into the office, even if it's not every day, but you know, every once in a while, it's a big change to the terms of employment. Your employer cannot 
do that. And that could absolutely be a, a constructive dismissal in that type of a situation. So it's one thing if you're uh, hired to work in the office and during the pandemic you were working from home and now your employer wants you to come back. Okay, that's something that in many cases they can do. But if you're hired to work remotely and now that your employer changed their mind, it's not something that they want. Now they, they say, well, we're going to have you come in once a week, twice a week. No, not not something that's correct, not something that they're allowed to do can easily be a constructive dismissal. You don't have to accept it. Of course, ultimately, just like with any of these things that we've talked about, ultimately, you have to decide what is best for you. Are you yeah. better off? leaving with severance or are you better off continuing to work despite what your employer is doing that decision is yours the one word of caution i'll say again is that if you decide to accept what your employer is doing you may not be able then to take it back and change your mind and by accepting whatever your employer is doing you've given them the right potentially to do it again so they ask you to come into work once a week. Okay, I'll be a good soldier. I'll come into the office once a week instead of working remotely. Well, now potentially they can ask you to come in twice and three times and four times because you let that happen the first time. So you always have to think about these things. So for many of you, if you're facing those types of changes, constructive dismissal may be the best option. And again, this is something you can always find in detail. If you want to have a little uh, look on your own time, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's covered on the website. It's free and it's anonymous. And now that we're wrapping up for the afternoon, appreciate all those texts and phone calls. Really, thanks for joining us over the course of the uh, the last hour. But you can reach out uh, as well to Lior and his team now in your own time, one 821 5900 the phone number, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca for all other matters. We'll catch you next time right here on the Employment Law Show. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.